0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition Politics and Ride. Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for of being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Bridge MCP is in the house. Melanie Keelan is in the house. Paul Fleming is in the house. Peggy Lopez is in the house. Yvette Avery Herod is in the house. And the uh, reliable Miguel Rodnan, Michael Rodnan, is in the house as well. Bridge MCP says, hey, peeps. I say, hey, peeps, too. All right, politics done right. I just got back home half an hour ago. There goes Michael Rudden. He's still here half hour, and he's in the show. That's my man. Still a little tired. Um, I still have the high blood pressure, but I'm trying to bring it down slowly from the high crazy numbers to the better numbers. I'm trying to get a bit more sleep, etc. Lee Grant is in the house. Hi, all. So um, I called a guy up today and said, hey, the pressure is still very, very high. You know, the number bottom, numbers over 100, still 100 and change. He says, it takes a while to work. It takes a while to work. Give it some time to work. I said, okay, okay, I'll wait. Try to stay calm. I try to do some exercise later on. Anyhow, Lee Grant is in the house. Let's see, uh, Business Insider. Democrats want to bring back Biden's child tax credit soon, and new report shows It was a huge success in child poverty. This program helped 80% of families and children. It needs to be brought back after experiencing early this year. Let me tell you something else about that child credit, folks. If you take a look at what's happening, they just came out with a report that says the average family is now spending $460 more on groceries. First of all, there wasn't a $460 rise in the price of groceries at all. The thugs that run corporate America decided that they were going to extract that from people whether they had it or not because they know that people got some stimulus money and they're going to take it all away. We have to learn what capitalism actually does to people. Capitalism looks for every single dollar in every single corner irrespective. And one of the reason I said I am not saying you don't have to have you don't want to have capitalism in some parts of your economy what I am saying in in vital parts of your economy you want capitalism gone because if it's searching for every dollar you don't have a choice if you have to go to the doctor you don't have a choice you have to go to the dentist you don't have a choice if you have to eat you don't have a choice if you have to get from place A to place B you don't have a choice there are certain parts of our economy that shouldn't be for profit because it means those who control the means of production and those who control price and power you cannot you, when they say you're going to pay this you have no choice people we need to we need to, we need to learn we need to empower ourselves we need to not believe the crap and just because you brought that up The first video I'm going to show is about George Will. But let's go ahead and continue. Reuters, scientists who detected a massive methane leak at offshore platform run by Mexico's Pemex, said Tuesdays there was no way they had made a mistake. Round lip rebutting claims by the state oil company that the emissions were smaller and less polluting. Fossil fuel corporations continue polluting and downplaying their roles in climate meltdown. And they won't stop until criminal charges are levied. What do you do in the middle of the ocean, though? What do you do? Anyhow, folks, where are my peeps? I only see a few in the chats right now. Get into the chats, folks. If you're on YouTube, please remember to go ahead and fire her up for us. Let us know that you're here. Michael Runnan says, Mother Jones, you, you're spending 460 more per month. Here's where the money is and why. Blame inflation, war trade, carpet. no. No, I won't blame them. I won't blame the war. I won't blame... I only thing I blame is corporate greed, period. Nanette Birdsmith smith is in the house. The only thing I blame is corporate greed. Look at the balance sheets of the corporations. Look at what they're getting used to. They're getting used to free money. These are people who produce nothing. And those who do the production and produce... They're trying to hold back their money. Uh, Yvette, isn't it true right now that the, the same thing the companies are trying to do, hold back the monies on those great rail rider, the people who run the rails? Isn't it true that they're trying to hold back monies after they've been busting their butts? It's corporate greed. That's it. Yeah, I saw it on your list. That's it. Okay, let's play our first video and then we'll take it on the other side. This actually was pretty surprising to me Andrew Mitchell challenged George Will A conservative troglodyte of the past That these old ho- all these hosts would just go ahead and let say whatever he wanted to say Well, Andrew Mitchell kind of did a good job today I mean, she could have said a few other things But, you know, coming from Andrew Mitchell I thought this was wonderful Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side
1: Can I say something about the president and his cars? Yeah, please do. (laughs) There were 8 million cars in this country in 1920. There were 20 million in 1930. Explode across the land. They all found gasoline. How'd they do that? The private market provided gas stations. Instead, in the modern age, we have to have an an enormous multi-billion dollar plan to build charging stations for electric vehicles, which are supposedly wondrous things but we're bribing people to buy the vehicles. And then we're building the gas station equivalent, the electric charging stations for it. Why? Well, why is the climate change? And why is, you know, how short a period of time we have to try to do something to ameliorate it and get people off of fossil fuels? California is going to do it by you know, 2035. Yes, let's hope they repaired their electricity grid by then. Because now they're saying, whatever else you do, don't charge your cars at this point because the grid can't handle it. If you have confidence in the government's ability to plan all this, you've been in Washington. You long have, enough to know. You have
0: now, you know, it drives me crazy. First of all, uh, she answered the question quite right. It's the climate, doofus. It's the climate. And what I think having the government having to step in to build charging station proved is the failure of the private sector. You see, they want to amortize not pipelines. They want to amortize uh, all these old infrastructure. They want to use up all that all that carbon that they have in the ground in the form of oil, gas, and coal, right? So they so it's not in their interest. They don't care about the future. They'll burn the they will burn all that coal and burn all that gas, burn all all of it to turn it into carbon dioxide and fry the future. It's not about the future for the private sector. It's about the next quarter. And if you're looking at the next quarter, you cannot expect these guys to do what's right. Because what they do is to maximize the amount of bonuses they make for themselves as they screw everybody else. Folks, this is not rocket science. This is the reason you have to have good government. Good government that listen to science and follow the path. I mean, again, these—this is a, the the reason that we are not electric or already on on carbon neutral fuels—is simply a failure of the private sector. And and remember, well, you know, we may not even need to call it a failure. We could pro, uh, probably call it a a a feature of the private sector. In other words, they will they will pollute, destroy the environment. And make a profit in doing so And in order for us to live The environment has to be cleaned up We have to remove the carbon out of the air We have to do all these things They'll charge you again To clean up the mess that they've made So It's, it's, it's the kind of economy That we have That has no soul That has no morals That cares nothing about anything Other than a few making a few dollars so, folks, the troglodyte, when he says, well, do you trust the government for doing anything? Well, of course, if you, cre- if you put lousy people into government vis-a-vis Republicans and neoliberal Democrats, that's what you get, lousy government. But if you populate the government with people who think, with people who follow science, where there's not a profit motive, then the solutions would not look like how will that affect business But how will that affect humanity? And inherently, if you make it good for humanity, good business will excel. Businesses that are attempting to pill for you to transfer most of the wealth to a few, they'll fail. Because you know what? Nobody needs to be a billionaire. Nobody earned being a billionaire. Nobody is worth a billion. Nobody worked hard enough or know enough to be a billionaire. That is a fiction of our 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 capitalist system that allows some to take advantage of the works and the worth of others. And that is what we have to understand. That is what we must understand. You know, you see from the from our inception we go to school. We we are taught to look up to these business folk. We're taught to look up to some to a group of folk that really do very little. I mean, if you want somebody to look up to, look up to that engineer that built that great bridge that you cross every day. You don't even know his name. Look up to that doctor that saved your kid and thousands of kids every year. You don't know their names. Look up to that electrician that made it possible for electricity to flow from the wind farms. You don't know who that is. But you know who you know. You know the, you know the CEO who is investing now in, in, in sending something to space. You know the investor. You, you know all the people that do the least. They call them investors. They call them, intra- well, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm, an intra- I'm a working entrepreneur, right? You, many of you are working entrepreneurs or you work for somebody else. You are the ones who get things done. But those guys who sit up in the ivory tower and crank numbers and say, ah, this particular division isn't making good enough. Let's throw that away. Let's sell it, whatever. And then the profits from that sale we keep. We have to understand the fraud that is this economic system. And when I tell you it's a fraud, I mean it's a fraud. The people that, that work the most, the people who do the mo- have the most worth to our society, teachers, Engineers All these guys Are the ones who are least paid The ones who are least known We need to change that A more egalitarian society Would change that Anyhow, Peggy Lopez says According to Huffington Post Ronnie Jackson wants to call President Trump, Trump I call him President Trump <laughs> MAGA King Whoa, what a, what a thing That's so funny Okay, uh, bridge says no, make it the Trump jester. The court jester. Michael says the high electricity demands are between one and nine p.m. Thanks for that info. Yes, we need more renewable infrastructure. The higher the heat for accelerating global warming, the worse the heat dome events are going to get. But let me tell you better because I, I missed something when I gave that little um when I gave that little thing with with George will. you know, it's not only that we prove, That the private sector failed in creating uh, enough cars uh, Renewable cars that use renewable energy a long time ago They even failed with the electrical grid They created a grid that is hard to expand Whose fault is that again? Mm, Let me think Private sector I thought the private sector know all Lee Grant, I love you but you're wrong George Will was completely incorrect He showed his his troglodytis nature. Yes, Egberto, my fault for splitting my comments into three parts. The high electricity demand happens between one and nine. Most people get their overnight charging. Thank you, brother. All right, I have a local story to tell, because, and but it has national repercussions. It's about growing I-45 in Houston. But what they did to grow I-45 meant they displaced a lot of people, and you know who it is that they generally displace. Here we go. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. Today, we are honored to have Molly Cook. Molly Cook, who is she? An ER nurse, a community organizer, an advocate, you name it. She's what we always talk about needing, not only in Houston, but all throughout the country. Molly, welcome to Politics Done Right. How are you doing today?
2: Thank you, Egberto. I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I am doing great. Well, you know, you are working on yet another very important issue here in Houston. Stop I-45 in its current, uh, the the development in its current instantiation. Tell us a little bit about this and why is it that you're so adamant that we need to redo this thing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of people know I grew up in the Woodlands, which is a northwest suburb, um, and freeways were sensibly built for folks in the suburbs for white flight, right, Um, to make it possible for people to live outside of town, pay taxes somewhere else, but come inside of town to use the amenities and um, work for large companies, large employers and things like that. And so um, I did not learn of the true history of highways until I was in public health school in my late 20s and was just shocked and ashamed to find out how they were built intentionally through black and brown communities, how they did support white flight, how they really shaped the urban landscape in a way that um, is not just climate unsustainable, but is also socially um, really wrong and unsustainable. So once I learned about that issue, care a lot about air quality um, and found out that TxDOT was trying to widen I-45 from downtown to Bellway 8, 28 and a half miles of road, um displacing over a thousand homes businesses churches all in black and hispanic communities along i-45 um i i was certainly motivated to jump into the race i I hope other people do into this fight Um, but yeah basically they just want to widen it they uh dot the texas um, transportation commission and dot claim that it will relieve congestion make things safer, and mitigate flooding. Um, But as far as I can tell from 90 years of history across cities in the United States, uh, none of those claims make any sense at all. And actually, this plan is very antagonistic to those goals.
0: Now, how did this uh, project come about? How did they decide the path that they were taking? Was it the only path they could have taken? Could they have done something else? Exactly. uh, Was it a path of least resistance? How did this come about?
2: Great question. So I think it's important to kind of know the history. Um, Houston used to be a straight up grid. It was very walkable. Um, Reverend Caldwell with Coalition of Community Organizations stood with me on a corner of Fifth Ward and pointed to downtown and said, if you didn't have a dime for the bus, we would walk. And it would take 10 minutes to get from, you know, thriving Lowndes Avenue to downtown on foot. And so there was a very, very powerful entrenched interest in the automobile lobby to rip up rail lines, like we used to have the Galveston, uh, close streets to people on foot and on bike, and open them to cars, and and make the city um, for cars, and raise buildings and, and put parking lots in their place and things like that. So, um, you know, this was an intentional kind of history that that's behind all of these things. And so, TxDOT, which used to be called the Texas Department of Highways, now Department of Transportation. Um, Um, just kind of keeps doing the same thing, right? And then there's the concrete lobby. There's the oil and gas lobby, the automobile lobby. Very powerful interest. Um, So do they look at all options? Kind of. They could add regional rail. They could add more biking and walking facilities. um, But those get dismissed early in the process before the public ever really gets a look at them. The first time the public really knows, communities really know what's going on, is when the draft environmental impact statement comes out. Um, Of course, TxDOT is known for segmenting their projects and finding no significant impact so that they can avoid the NEPA process, the environmental process, Mm -hmm. Um, but for this one, we really caught wind of it in like 2017.
0: Now, wasn't this project supposed to have started already?
2: Yes. Um, yes. It's it's behind it's behind their original timetable. And that is largely almost entirely due to public pushback from groups like Super Neighborhoods, Make I-45 Better Coalition, Stop Texas to I-45, um, other air quality and transportation nonprofits and, and just general like residents and community groups around town.
0: Now, so uh, a lot of the organizations that you work with and others work with, they actually ensured that this stuff didn't go through. Now, what you want, what exactly do you want to occur right now?
2: That's I love that question. Um, I think that a lot of the time freeway enthusiasts, um, concrete Mm -hmm. enthusiasts like to paint the opposition as just that opposition, right? Like we're NIMBYs or we don't want stuff. And that's not true. Um, I will only speak for stop Tech. I-45 when I talk about design changes. The most important thing that we want is a true community engagement process, one that incorporates those who will be most affected from day one so that we find out what do you want in your neighborhoods? Um, if, it, if you do have to have land taken, what makes it worth it to you? Um, but at StopTexa I-45, we want freeway removal. And we've seen that happen in Boston. We've seen it happen in Seoul, Korea. All uh-huh. over the world, you can rip up concrete and nothing bad happens. Um, in fact, your city becomes much more livable. Communities become connected. So, you know, I always like to say, you can take down the fear celebrated. You can even sink yes. Cap 59. You don't have to make it any bigger.
0: Now and what do they do with uh with mobility?
2: We should we should be doing everything we can to change the paradigm from the from top to bottom. Like we need trains, we need buses. Um people like to talk about how Houston is not dense. What they don't realize is that that lack of density is from very intentional decision making for the past what 50 to 100 years. So um, if we can turn right now today and say we do want some density, we don't have to be New York, right? We want some increase in density. We can incentivize inward growth by using happy mediums like bus rapid transit, which is already widely supported by Metro and voters. Um, so we have a lot of options here that we can be exploring. And I think it's always important to note active transport is ideal. You're not only not putting out carbon, you're also increasing the health of the person who's getting around town. You're making things more accessible for folks who can't drive a car, whether that's related to age or disability or, or whatever. Um, and so you know, really investing in the bike facilities in Houston could cost $500 million or less. And that alone would take cars off the road and make a big difference. Um, So there's really a gamut of options, but they need to start and end with communities who will be affected by them.
0: You know, you use the magical word in that whole long uh, paragraph. You actually said the word voters also want it. And if voters want it, why aren't we getting it? And then the other word, the other part of your your, your, uh, statement there was that, hey, for half a billion dollars, we could do bicycles all over the city and it, it's amazing because that doesn't only take carbon out of the air but it makes for a healthy american right
2: Yep, yep. And, and a more connected society i mean it's just so fun for me to bike home from work and smell gardenias and see a neighbor and stop by a neighborhood association meeting on the way it really opens up the world close to you in a way that i think houston's have a hard time houstonians sometimes have a hard time even imagining
0: Just because of how it's spread out. So ultimately, uh, Molly, how you mentioned the word voters earlier. It's for this to really occur. Everybody has to be enlightened with the stuff that you're talking about, with our busy lives, with our congestion, with us having all this, making all this effort to move. How do you really get your message across? I know you're doing it with politics and right. But otherwise, how do you get your message across?
2: Yeah, and those are messaging discussions that we have every day. Um, I think it's important to note that at the Tuesday meeting of the Texas Transportation Commission, where they voted in the Unified Transportation Program, which is their 10-year strategic plan, um, we had advocates from Austin, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, Waller County, Montgomery wow. County. I mean, people get it right across the state, across diverse groups, across, you know, whatever divides us. People understand that it's just nice to walk to the to the thing down the street and not have to get in your car, not have to pay maintenance fees, insurance fees. I just bought a set of tires and it was nearly a thousand dollars. That's yes. a big hit for a nurse. Right. So I think you just kind of have to meet people where they're at. Sometimes that idea of induced demand is difficult to wrap your mind around. You know, more lanes, meaning more traffic. There's a step there that's counterintuitive. But a lot of the time people already feel this in their bones um, and they don't really love their cars. They love freedom. And so when you can when you can meet people where they're at, find out what piece of it is that they connect to. And that gives you an opportunity to open their minds to imagining something that's um, much more, much more mobile and convenient than what we have right now.
0: Well, you've been with me before. So you know what the last question is, what should I have asked you that I didn't?
2: Um, <clears throat> that's a great question. I guess I just want to really, the way I said it reason, recently was, I want to fast track people's skepticism. And um, so it's, how do you work with dot? How do you think about these things? How do you join in the fight? And, and I need people to join in kind of ready and kind of angry. Um, This isn't this isn't a blank slate, right? We're looking at 50 to 100 years of intentional decision making from this body. And yes, the people change, but they continue in the same paradigm. So um, I need people to be as angry about what's happening in their neighborhoods as what's happening in the neighborhood down the street. I need people to take up the mantle for their neighbors who, who maybe are working two jobs and, and are a single mom and can't come, you know, to every meeting in Austin and things like that. So I really want people to be skeptical because of a very long history that is deserving of that. And then I need people to see this as something that is connecting communities and is all of our shared fight. Um, That's how we'll win, that's how we'll make meaningful change.
0: Molly Cook, former candidate, registered nurse, but most importantly, a community activist that's getting things done. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right.
2: Thank you so much, what a pleasure.
0: I love Molly. She ran for state senate. She didn't pull it out this time. But this woman is going places and you will see her nationally in the long run as well. I want to address something. Eric says question Do you consider this working or is the same thing you think of billionaires? And I'm not sure what he's talking about. The world's most followed TikToker gets paid as much as seven hundred and fifty K per post. But to reach his greatest business goal, Kavi Lame is binge watching American cartoons. If I consider that working, no. Did you expect me to say yes? That's a capitalist system that he's in as well, right? Let me give an example, okay? And this is what I'm trying to talk about. This guy goes out there and he gets people to do all kinds of skits in the streets. He puts it on TikTok. TikTok gives him a lot of coverage because a lot of people gravitate to that kind of crap, right? Okay, that's fine. But it's TikTok that's rewarding him because they want a lot of people doing stupid things out there so that others would watch it, and they're compensating him for making some billionaires even more billions. He is a part of the problem as well. Look, I love what he does. I I, I sit down on TikTok and I go through TikTok and I love it. I love laughing. I love all the pranks that they do. But are those pranks worth these guys making the kind of money that they're making? No. I mean, because let's let's be frank. I'm here, not as good looking at the guy that you just Oh, let me put it on the screen. Uh, let me put it on the screen. I'm not as good-looking a guy as this guy here, and I'm not as hip as this guy. I'm not as cool. I don't live in a great, beautiful, multi-story, uh, big house with probably lavaging things like he does. But I guarantee you that as far as enlightened Americans, myself, TYT, Rodnin, and all these folks are providing more access to society, Breach was a professor. Breach taught a whole bunch of folk. This guy didn't even have to go to school to do this. That's where, you know, the capitalist system, by definition, says capitalism is the efficient allocation of resources. How efficient an allocation if he can take out 750K per post? And we can't get a post to get folks educated to bring in any cash. My posts, if I make a 10, 10 cents on it, it would be great. Now, we're, what actually gives substance? He gets a lot of views. And in his views, you know what else he gets? He gets to promote Exxon and all these other big corporations. So that's what he's paid for. He's paid to screw us all up. Well, we pay Exxon to pay him to screw us all up, and that's what I said. Capitalism, by definition, claims it is the efficient allocation of resources. My contention is that Bridge MCP as a teacher, Michael Rodnan in a profession that is all of them are more effect are more important to society. Norman Reynolds as an engineer. Uh, uh, Roberto Lewis as an engineer. Uh, Yvette Avery as a, a union specialist. A union specialist and a UPS worker. They are all more important to society than this guy. Okay? But this guy is a tool of capitalism. And he will be rewarded because he's willing to go out there and do that job. Oh, my brother Bruce on the MRI. How is, was the MRI? You gotta give me a call and let me know. Give me some. Give me an update, Bruce. Right now, I'm having some severe uh, blood pressure problems. That I'm. Tr- it's still super high, and they're trying to control it. They just gave me another medication. It's my fault. Went ahead and while I was in Washington D.C., didn't exercise and gain some weight. My fault. But uh, I got to get it down, so I have to take some weight off real quick. You know, went from two, one, 198 or something to 220. I got to get rid of that, 223 actually, what I found out yesterday at the doctor's office. So I got to get that 25 pounds off. But here's the deal. Um, that is a good one that you brought, Eric. I love it. Because you get a, me, a, give me a chance to prove a point. The CEO also is, is, just as, is no different than this guy. The CEO just goes ahead and plays, plays with people to maximize his personal income and the income of the shareholders. No different than what this guy does. So, I hope you get it. I hope you get it. Anyway, it's, it's about that time for me to try to... Since I can't make seven hundred and fifty k on my post, I'm going to ask all of you to support me how you can... To keep doing the necessary work that we need to do, as opposed to a guy like this who's making seven hundred and fifty k, not a, per post, per post. You know, I, and I swear to you, this is an envy. I don't mind rich people who work for what they have. I mind rich folks who don't do a thing, especially you know when. I work 16 hours a day, seven days a week. A few, few days I've been getting eight hours of sleep to try to help myself calm down, but you guys get what I mean. And it, it really irks you that there are people starving, there are women going to work every day in a secret to be a secretary, to be a, even a doctor, whatever, and they're not making that kind of cash, and they're providing so much for society. But it is our economic system that claims to be an efficient allocation of resources. Look at the definition of capitalism. That is really a poor example. I mean, and he's—I mean, he's just one of thousands of examples, right? That's all. Thousands of examples. But anyhow, folks. Um, <laughs> I love you, Bridge. Yeah, I know. It's also stress. You're right, baby. All right. So let's see what else we got here. Um, Before I go for my ask, Saludos, mi gente. Roberto. Great topic. Elaborate on what enterprise economic system and capitalism. I will, Lou. Let me go ahead and play my ask. Let's see. Well, I hope the PDR posse can get behind decent non-MAGA Republicans. Guess what? You present me a decent a non-MAGA Republican in a, in a conservative area, he can come on my show and I will verbally support him. But you heard the requirements. Let me go ahead and um, and, and play my ask and then I'll be right back. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the Internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread misled by any other entity we make sure and populate that internet with blogs with videos with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that that are lying at the right we also make sure to create articles in in magazines articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure again that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, class warfare: the only re- resort to right-wing doom. How to make America utopia? Are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com. Slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon, that is politicsdunright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P A T R E O N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdunright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdunright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, right.com slash Store and get our books at slash books Politics done right. All right, folks, and check this out. Look, look at, look at who we have here. Our one and only Bridge MCP sporting all the paraphernalia. She has the hat, the T-shirt, and the cup, man. And you know what? She also has three books. So. My, uh, if you can say somebody that supports politics done right that, uh, that really sees the value, and I, I, I love and I see the value in all of you and her as well, thank you so kindly. I asked her to take a picture of of, of all the stuff because she said, Hey, I got the hat, hey, I got this t shirt, hey, I got the cup. Well, now you see, you see the whole thing. That's our girl here, anyway, folks. I want to get back to between, uh, uh hey, R- R- Norman Reynolds is in the house. Welcome, my brother. I want to talk about between Eric Hayes and Roberto Lewis, okay? And here's the deal Capitalism is defined, I, I repeat it because there are more people coming in and out, in and out. Capitalism is defined as efficient allocation of resources, right? The idea being that government, one government, cannot efficiently use resources allocated, etc. If you listen to what uh, uh, Tom Hartman spoke about when I interviewed him last week, he spoke about these neoliberal economists that sat down and said, look, the economy just has too many variables for any one government to, uh, to take care of it. We need to let the market do it. And, you know, I... You know, Tom Hartman agrees with me that capitalism, neoliberalism is a failure. And the reason it's a failure is exactly what uh, uh, Eric Hayes brought to the screen. I, I have nothing against Kabi Lame. Nothing. If I were in Kabi sh Well, I don't, because morally speaking... I am some, I'm a sucker, but if I were like many, uh, like Kaby I I could, uh, let me see how to say this right. Most would do what Kaby Lane is doing if they had the ability to do it. Okay? They would do it. But it is upon the system to create an environment that rewards him for doing something of such little value. And again, I don't mean to be mean to Kaby Lane at all. I don't mean to be mean to any any uh, TikToker because I'm a TikToker trying to put out this message. I'm an Instagrammer trying to put out this message. I'm on all the platforms. And by the way, folks, go to Our Politics Done Right on Instagram and go ahead and follow me. And also go ahead and do the stuff there. I'm also on TikTok. Okay? I'm on all these platforms. But I'm not going to make that kind of money from him. In fact, I make pennies. I haven't made a cent on TikTok yet. But in, in we are the ones by... We can follow him, which is good. But the corporations say, ah, the, Since you have the ability to attract all these people, we are going to use you as a magnet to sucker people into our products. And that's what they call them influencers do. Now there are some influencers that are, you know, moral. They do certain things that they that they know move something forward. That is where you see the political influencers. So I'm trying. Well, I am a political influencer in 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 doing these kinds of things. We're not. We, look, we want to we want to eat. We want to be able to go to the doctor, so we need to make some do, some dollars, right? But we're not there to show a Mercedes and a big-ass house, and that's not what it's all about. But our system rewards that. That woman that goes to work, she's a secretary, she's a nurse. We try to nickel and dime her. We try to take whatever we can from her. We don't allow her growth. But some yahoo comes and says, I can I can fart in front of you. Or I can do a skit that This is the TikTok that I've been laughing at Last couple of days One guy walks in front of a group and farts Okay And and keep their reactions Millions of millions of followings Of likes I kill I like it But is he worth What he's going to get? No Should he stop doing it? No we should have an economic system that mitigates for that. A CEO should not be able to make what that CEO is making. Uh, what this and and by the way, I'm not I'm not claiming to know how to manage it. There are a lot more intelligent people out there than create that can create formulas that make things more equitable, which is what we need to do. Which is what we need to do. All right, we are getting late, so I need to go to my last video. I wanted you to listen to this little snippet because on the surface, it seems so benign. It seems so uh, trustful. It seems so, well, there is reason for the rest of the world to want to mourn the queen, but there is a whole lot, not only for those external to the queen, but also internal to the country listen and then we'll take a uh, we'll take another look at it afterwards
2: it is affecting people all around the world. And I think that is a source of pride, of national pride, because, of course, I think I've said this to you before, Andrea, when when you try to reflect and really define what it was that the Queen meant to us and why she was so popular, it does come back to national pride. She epitomized the best of us in many ways and what a lot of us aspire to be and aspire for the country to be, you know, dignified, hardworking, um, and as I said, a source of national pride. So to hear, you know, the, those two ladies from Texas have come all the way to show their respects is very, very flattering for us.
0: OK, sounds nice. Sounds clean. Sounds benign. But let's take uh, the last part first, because I think that has more to do with England than anybody else. She works so hard. She worked so hard to do the things that she did. Remember, the queen was a mouthpiece that goes out and say nice things. But remember, behind the queen, there are custodians and there are all these people that are doing everything normal people to do for themselves. So she was well taken care of by many, many scores of people. So to look at what the queen does as hard work, it it, it it's shameful when you look at what the average person in in England's doing in in London, sweeping the floors, cleaning up, making, in de- de- designing products, creating products, engineers, lawyers, doctors, all the things that they they're doing. But the Queen is such one of our hard workers. No, she was not, and I'm not trying to disparage the person that has already left us. But we have to get away from these myths. We have to get away from the myths that look at billionaires and think they're worth it that they worked for it as opposed to them being the best at stealing it from others. Let's look at Bezos, the the, the master behind Amazon, but is he absolutely not because the reality is all the people under Bezos that created and designed and created what Amazon was to become are the ones that he stole the value from. That money that he accumulates has been the starter of Amazon. In our economic system, yeah, he's the billionaire. But in in, in, in the case of worth and what created that great company, he didn't do it, but he got the billion that's what we do with our form, our economic form. We know how to take money from those who actually produce things and then give it to those who are just the masters of moving within that system. Now, the second part that she mentioned, she said, Oh, well, you know, she gives us, she, she is the embodiment of what we would like to be. She wants to, she, she, you know, she does well and it's something we look up to what we want. Well, you know, here's the reality: she sits atop of an of an institution that have hurt a lot of people around the world. In fact, in colonizing most of the world at one time, the evil of extraction and 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 enslavement and ripping and thieving is what. That royalty. If, if we want, if we if if the other side were, were writing the history, if the people who were colonized were writing the history, if the people who were enslaved were writing the history, if the people who were whose natural resources were ripped off were writing the history, we wouldn't be talking about the monarchy and the queen specifically being magnanimous. We would be saying, like I am saying. Why hasn't the queen apologized for what they've done over the centuries? Why haven't the queen started a policy of rebuilding, a policy of, of, uh, of repayment, reparations for all that was stolen while stealing was the form of doing business? Where's the Where is the magnanimousness? In not doing any of that But wearing the the jewels that came from India That was stolen from India And the part of the crown We have to get our act together We have to learn where to assign worth We have to learn who, which people are really valuable Which people really do well for us Instead of glorifying what they're asking us to glorify You see, what they're doing Is they want us to look at the, the upper classes as being worthy, worth it, because the one thing they would hate is an equitable society, because then you won't be able to have those super rich folks who really do nothing. We, absolutely, and here is one from Bridge: 73-year-old 73, 73 man finally gets a job. <laughs> I love it. We have some newcomers. Welcome aboard our beautiful Alistair Waters. Welcome. And we are into Quitaperon. ¿Cómo estás, Perón I'm going to assume. ¿Estás de esa parte de Sudamérica de donde soy yo? Then, of course, there is Elowar uh, Gatson. Welcome. She worked? I love the way you put it in question. She worked? You are shocked. You are shocked as all of us are. My dear, you are as shocked as all of us are. Okay, no more videos. So, ¿De qué parte eres Perón? No, no, no eres de Ecuador, aunque Quita era de Quito, no sé. Anyway, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Uh, let's see, let's see. Peggy Lopez says, and if the people who were replaced... Wrote the history, the history would reflect reality. You know what? There's a there there is somebody who did that though. And he showed that he didn't have to. He showed that he showed what empathy is all about. In other words, empathy is being able to see vicariously through somebody else's eyes, live through what they live through, and understand the pain that they feel. Howard Zinn, the real story of the United States of America, or something like that, is the name of the book. Howard Zinn, it's a must-read. I've read bits, and I have it on. I have probably I don't know about a hundred books on this stuff that I need to read. I started reading every time I get on an airplane. I read Howard Zim stuff, you know. Uh, so I, I, I try to do that. So anyhow, so read Howard Zinn. You hear the, you know, you you you'd, you'd get a different view of Christopher Columbus and all these other guys that came here, not to just colonize, but to pilfer. All right, what else we got here? Parabéns, parabéns, parabéns. Who else we got that I need to shout out to? Michael said, "Government in inefficiencies are usually the result of the gridlock governments between the two major factions. Democrats are Republicans willing to compromise on compromises in order to get anything passed. And Republicans who intentionally obstruct everything and defund social welfare programs in order to privatize everything that ought to be uh, as aspect that are right of citizenship want to fix this. Elect more progressives, there is the answer. But here's the thing, Michael. I also think, right, we have to do what we are doing here. But it can't end here. We have to give not only the science behind why the current economic system is a failure, but we have to give the carnal reason. We have to make it existential for people to understand, first of all, that they have to acknowledge their own worth. Because only when you acknowledge your worth can you go up against a Jeff Bezos. If if I'm in a room with Jeff Bezos, there's nothing impressive about Jeff Bezos to me. Uh, There's nothing impressive about the queen to me. There's nothing impressive about... President Obama to me. I am extremely honest, and I've been next to Obama, I've been next to quite a few, hell, I've interviewed vice presidents, etc., etc. I never felt a feeling of oh, oh at all. And let me tell you why. I have a better feeling, and I, I swear this from the depths of my heart, when I read, when I get introduced to people doing stuff, like I went to a conference in New York. What was the town in New York again that I went to? Uh, Rhinebeck, New York. I met activists from all over and I was in awe. These were people doing stuff, these were people trying to make the lives of other people better. I got a better feeling there than I got meeting all these politicians that I meet. There's one politician that I was, that, you know, when I met Ilan Omar, I didn't think I would have gotten the reaction that I got from Ilan. in how common a person, in other words, she hadn't gotten the political bite. You know, that stuff that says, hey, I'm a politician. That kind of a stuff. She had other people to do that for her. They had to do it for her because she couldn't on her own. Because even while we are talking on her own, you could see that mischievous young woman. You know, mischievous Gen 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 Genex? Is she a gen X. No, no, mischievous Gen Zer. You know, Gen Y. I think she's a I think she's a Gen Y. I don't remember. I don't. But you could see it, right? I also saw that when I interviewed Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, right now. I can't get to her because of her people, but I guarantee if I see her somewhere, we'll be able to talk. But when I meet these oh, billion, I, I, more than more than than all for them, I feel disgust, disgust that they're doing what they're doing to all of you, all of us. Daniel Ledo said the queen may not have worked hard, but the trade offs are harsh. She lived her life in a cage who devoted her life to her country. How did she devote her life to her country? The country has been a, a, a monarchy in fiction for the longest time. Prime ministers and all of that run the country. They are just there as a, as a prop. In a cage, a lot of people would love to live in that cage. You know? But I see what you're saying, Daniel. I honestly see what you're saying they are trade-offs. So, um, you know, Daniel, actually, you know, I'm thinking back again now. You may be right that she lived in a cage and it wasn't the easiest thing to live in a cage. That still doesn't justify what they did around the world. But you're right about her living in a cage. I give you that one. I got to give you that part about living in a cage. Yeah. On second thought, the living in a cage was difficult. But what her or what her her folks did to pilfer the rest of the world, not that. Okay, Bridge M C P, Michael Rodden, Daniela Doe, celebrity. Okay, Eric Hayes. Uh, and why do people migrate here? You know what? You know what is a fallacy, and and this is this is where I like to tell all of us as Americans to get get with the program. If you think that most people around the world are trying to get to the United States, that's a fiction of your imagi- figment of your imagination. Yeah, a lot of people want to get here, especially those people who have people already over here and those people who have seen a fantasy of the United States. But if you want to look at where all kinds of immigration occur on a per capita basis, check out Canada. Check out some of the islands. Check out many of the countries in Europe. I'm talking per capita now. So stop sitting down. You know, we need to stop patting ourselves on the back and just trying to be the best Americans we can be, the best human beings we can be, and also try to atone for all the bad we have done, which is quite large. And when we do that, we will be the bastion. We will be the bastion. We are at the end of the show, folks. Please remember, to uh, I ask you so kindly, support the show. Uh, let uh, let me go ahead and find some links again. Please, uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Let me put the books on the screen. Please remember to support us at these different locations here. I just had that up on the screen. You can support us by purchasing our books. That I mean, you learn, and at the same time, you get our books. politicsandright.com slash books. You can support us by going to our PayPal, politicsonright.com slash PayPal. And guess what? We need more patrons. We need more patrons. Who will be my patron today? Politicsonright.com slash patron. And I want to give a big salute to brother Pinacchio. Chuck Pinacchio was a supporter today on PayPal. Thank you so kindly, Chuck Pinacchio. I just saw an email signed up. Alright, so um, Again, please support the show However you can We do need it My name is Egberto Willis This is Politics Done Right And you guys know how I end this baby I am what? Ow!